0: All right, welcome back, guys. So this subject today, as you've probably seen from the title, which is why you tapped on this episode, you know, the subject may seem a little different than my usual content, but it is actually very surprisingly relevant for, uh, you know, what what I normally talk about. And here's why. You know, I'm obviously a big proponent of personal development, and I used to think that the topic of culture and society was irrelevant to personal development, which, you know, I, I used to think that it's about working on yourself instead of sitting around and complaining about society, which I still kind of agree with to a degree. But as I have gotten older, I have realized that culture and society and personal development are are all heavily intertwined, whether or not I like that, and they influence each other perpetually. So I've also realized that some trendy topics in personal development have influenced culture in ways that have actually eventually become harmful to societies as a whole and vice versa. So I may, you know, I may lose some listeners and the people pleaser in me, the people pleaser in me is a little nervous for this episode because <laughs> I know it's, it's highly controversial, but I feel very inspired today to pull out my mic and talk about this. And maybe, I don't know, maybe somebody is supposed to hear this message. I don't know, but I want to talk a bit about culture today, especially, specifically the topic of modern feminism. Why? Why? Well, you would be shocked, shocked at how many challenges my clients, if you don't know, I've, I've been a life coach for a few years and I'm taking a break from coaching right now to pursue other things, but my clients in the past have had to overcome as a direct or indirect result of the modern feminist movement. I cannot not talk about it. These things came up so much with my clients, which are mostly women, but I have also spoken to men who have experienced challenges as a direct result of this movement. So of course, the topic is feminism. So what is feminism? And what is modern feminism? Why did I make this distinction? So the original definition of feminism, and I'm kind of going to give, you know, my own summary of what it is, equal rights and opportunities under the law. That is the original definition of feminism at its most fundamental, barest definition. I consider myself a fundamental feminist, as do most men and women. Like, for example, you've got the women's suffrage movement in America, which was a feminist movement that went for about 100 years until the 19th Amendment was ratified in 1920, I think it was 1920, under this definition of feminism as women were fighting and protesting for the right to vote and run for political office as men were able to do. That's what the women's suffrage movement was all about. It was a very beautiful, noble movement. And just 30 years ago, that's not too long ago, women were by law unable to obtain a business loan without a signature from a male relative. That's kind of crazy. This includes her own son, by the way. Yeah, a woman, a woman, a woman wouldn't be able to get a business loan unless a male such as her own son was a co-signer. This was the case until H.R. 5050, the Women's Business Ownership Act of 1988. Yeah, that's what it was, was signed into law. Right. So these are a couple of definitions of movements and legislation that were direct results of the original feminist movement. And by this definition of equality under the law, feminism is a noble and humble cause that anyone with a brain would advocate for. And sure, culture was different a hundred years ago. It was cultural for women to take a back seat on policy formation and business management and having a voice in the public space in general. And now we know better but I don't think those men back then were bad men. I think humanity evolves and I think we improve and we make true progress and we learn from our mistakes as a community. And as a society, we move forward. We're allowed to learn from our mistakes and move forward. So what is feminism today? I believe true feminism, feminism is the same yesterday Today and tomorrow. It's simply having equal opportunity and being treated equally and valued equally under the law. Really, true feminism is not really even feminism at all. It's simply just human rights. But feminism today, modern feminism, has veered far from its roots and I've seen it wreak havoc in our communities and in families and in individual lives. I've seen this personally and I know you probably have too. It's nearly unrecognizable from its foundations. So modern feminism is also called intersectional feminism and the first point I want to make that I have seen especially in my coaching especially in my own personal life, is that it's just more rules for women, more people telling women what they should and shouldn't do. Now, you might think that's a little counterintuitive because isn't feminism supposed to open up more freedoms for women, give women more opportunity? Yeah, I totally agree that that is what women feminism fundamentally is. But modern feminism is no longer about women being acknowledged as equal under the law, though sometimes it looks that way because that's where its foundations reside. But it's not about a cultural movement for women to be respected as women playing whatever role they want to play in their life, right? Whether it's a stay-at-home mom, a career woman, a model, a mind worker, a philosopher, a housewife. Modern feminism says that a woman must work. And women must be in traditionally masculine jobs. Oddly enough, however, it doesn't say that men must be house husbands or they must be stay-at-home dads. All of the focus here is on what women should be doing. Women, women should dot, dot, dot. This is problem number one that I will be talking about. I am a mother. I am a working mother. I have multiple businesses. This is by my own choice because I enjoy it and I find value in it in my own life. But I don't feel that I should do anything. And this ability was given to me by women in the past who have fought for women's rights. I don't feel that I should be working or I should be a stay-at-home mom. I believe this is something between my husband and I and really has nothing to do with anybody else. Something else that I've noticed, though, is that there is more mom guilt now than ever before in previous generations to do it all. Women should have less children and focus more on their position in society to further the work of women in the world. Women should be in the workforce, and should be paving the way for other women. If women do have children, they still should be working somehow instead of being a, quote, useless housewife. Likewise, they should be keeping their maiden names if they get married. But marriage is just a, con- a construction of patriarchy anyway that women shouldn't be, and women shouldn't be getting married. You know, And if they do get married, they shouldn't take on traditional roles because that's allowing the patriarchy to continue its rule. And you shouldn't let your husband tell you what to do. Right? Sound familiar? Now, let's say I'm a stay-at-home mom who is genuinely happy as a stay-at-home mom. And it's something I wanted to do my entire life. Now I'm finally a stay-at-home mom and I'm bombarded all day long with what I should be doing instead, which of course is going to affect my self-worth. I have coached so many women through this exact problem. Feminism is creating huge divides among women. Instead of men telling women what they can and cannot do, now it's women telling women what they can and cannot do. And to be honest... You know, most men are just bowing out and saying, I don't want to go there. That looks like a trap to me. And they just stay out of the conversation because it's terrifying. (laughs) And if they join the conversation, they better be on the side of modern feminism or else they are deemed a misogynist. So that is the first big problem that I see with modern feminism. So another big problem that I see is modern feminism's effect on men, because of course, Men are affected by this. Modern feminism generally advocates for a complete intolerance of harassment of women based on their sex. But interestingly enough, it also encourages harassment of men. Now I, I know that if there are some there are some people who identify as feminists listening to this, they're going to be like no 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 no, I don't I don't encourage the harassment of men. I just want women to be equal. Okay, so many modern feminists will say that this is not true, that they don't hate men and their focus is simply on being equal to men. Here's the problem with that in application of the modern feminist theory. In attempting to boost women up so much, women are now given more opportunity than men. As a woman in America, I have greater life expectancy than my husband. I statistically have a greater probability of receiving and completing a college education, and it's easier for me to be accepted into a more elite program simply based on my sex. In many professions, I have a greater likelihood of employment simply because a company wants to meet a diversity quota, not because I am actually better and worked harder than all of the other applicants. I also have more benefits available to me in the workplace and from government programs as a woman than my husband does. So in an effort to shoot for equality, women now get special treatment under the law and in our culture, and intersectional feminism says that they not only want this, but they want more. It's not enough still. So these women may not consciously hate men. But there doesn't seem to be a problem with most intersectional feminists with these disparities. I have to bring up here the Me Too movement. And I didn't necessarily want to go here, but I cannot talk about this without bringing up the Me Too movement. And, you know, if I'm already being controversial and if I'm already going to be making some people mad, I may as well, you know, just go for it. And with bringing up the Me Too movement, I also must remind you that I worked at a women's shelter. As a public health educator, and I created the programs teaching children and teenagers about abuse and about healthy relationships and about sexual assault and about consent and about what to do if you or somebody that you know is abused or assaulted. This is a subject I take very seriously and I have been through abuse and I have been through sexual assault myself. I have gone to therapy. I have experienced depression, anxiety, and I was medicated for it. I have recovered from that chapter in my life. I have closed it and I have moved on. This is also why I no longer work at the women's shelter, by the way. Unfortunately for me, that was an environment that was making it too difficult for me to move beyond my own traumas. Was it possible for me to? Yes. However, I was struggling too much with that. And I learned so much while working there. And I worked there while the Me Too movement was born, which was actually a really interesting experience so i here are the beautiful things about the me too movement there are some beautiful things victims of real ugly traumatizing sexual assault are being validated in a way they never were before the unearned shame of experiencing these events is far less severe in general now Many women who were terrified to report these events have been able to get help because of this conversation in our society, and perpetrators are being warned that their victims are not less likely to be silenced, are not as likely, sorry, to be silenced by cultural norms. So this serves as a great deterrent for sexual assault. Okay, so... Not everything is just black and white. There's a lot of gray area and the Me Too movement has a lot of great things about it. So here are the challenges we now have as a result of the Me Too movement. And you might know where I'm going with this. Any woman, any time, can accuse a man of sexual assault or sexual harassment, whether or not it is true. And simply the allegation with no proof can ruin everything he has ever worked for. Without going into too much detail, there is someone dear to me who was falsely accused of sexual assault out of personal revenge on the side of the accuser. And the alleged event happened during an event where I was right there with him and it nothing happened. I was a witness. But this allegation nearly ruined everything he's ever worked for. The Me Too movement has been weaponized under the intersectional feminist movement and is often paired with the slogan, hashtag believe all women. Meaning, the alleged perpetrator is guilty until proven innocent. Now, I understand why the believe all women principle began and I used to agree and you know what, I even used to teach it. It was in my curriculum at a certain point. However, I have seen this ideal cause unreversible harm to men who I know are completely innocent. Unfortunately, a cause that was again noble and humble and heavily supported by good men and women has become a destructive weapon under the guise of feminist fairness and equality. I have spoken with a male business owner who, in a moment of vulnerability, confessed to me that he is scared of hiring women because if they so choose for any reason, they can accuse him of sexual harassment without anything actually occurring, with him tiptoeing and being careful, and he could lose everything. But he knows he must hire women for purposes of diversity. And he also has interviewed women for positions who he knows these women could add a lot of value to his staff and he wanted to hire them. Even so, he is terrified of the power that the Me Too movement has given women who choose to weaponize it instead of reserve it for those who truly need it. I know he is not the only one. He can't be the only man in this predicament. So another problem that I have seen with the feminist movement is that feminism creates victims and victims always need a perpetrator. So modern feminism alleges that women's challenges are all due to men and the patriarchy, that our challenges we have today are remnants of women's lack of rights and respect from the last however many hundreds of years of humanity right now I happen to not completely disagree with this claim by the way for the record as a woman of course I have experienced sexism in the workplace especially because I am a career woman but for the record it's a cultural sexism that I have encountered not a legislative or six- systematic sexism say that five times fast And it accounts for a very small fraction of my interactions with men. Most men, by and large, in my opinion and in my observation, are not true sexists. And I don't buy into the theory that they are all sexists who have deeply ingrained sexism that they themselves are not aware of. And I, and only I, and other women can speak their truth for them. I don't believe that. Not even for a second. The problem here is that intersectional feminism views women as victims of the patriarchy. And if I see myself as a victim, well then, I need a perpetrator, don't I? After all... If it has become a purpose of mine to be a modern intersectional feminist and to be a modern feminist means to be a victim who nobly rises above my challenges and becomes a protagonist in an oppressive world, then I must always have a perpetrator at whom to direct my noble fight. You see, these causes such as intersectional feminism, are romanticized by many. Maybe we can blame all of us millennials being raised on Disney movies And stories of the underdog rising above. But my generation seems to have this love affair with stories of the protagonist who is oppressed and an oppressed victim rising above their perpetrator. And it is so romanticized that everyone now wants to be the protagonist fighting against their oppressive villain. Well, now... Okay, so if I always need a villain in order to continue this purpose of mine that I have found, this villain in this context is going to be men or women who disagree with me. This is why I have seen and heard many men say that they will not date a feminist. It is not because they think women are inferior and feminists challenge their masculine authority. Maybe there's one or two that think that, but most men who say this are not thinking that way. I promise you maybe, maybe it's because they are sick of always having to prove to their significant other that they are not their perpetrator. It really is that simple. And this is why many women who I dearly love who label themselves as feminists can't figure out why they are struggling to find good long-term healthy relationships. This isn't always the case. I know some personally who seem to have good marriages and relationships, at least that's how it looks on the outside. But I do know that good men who are just trying to do their thing and live life are sick and tired of being held as a perpetrator by the intersectional feminist movement, much less their significant other. It creates divides in relationships for this exact reason. And this may be the most important problem I have seen with feminism, modern feminism. It hurts families. It tells women what they should and should not do. And I mean, side note, I'm sick of as a woman being told what I should and should not do, including by other women. And it holds men under a microscope waiting to leap up and label them as perpetrators of patriarchal oppression. It has also contributed to men taking less responsibility for their families and their roles as husbands and fathers, right? Creating weaker men who hold themselves to lower standards. And in my opinion, it also creates weaker women who are afraid to embrace strong femininity, and stand alongside masculinity as an equal and opposite strength. Femininity is strong. Empathy, affection, emotion, and being nurturing are all strong traits that are considered feminine that we cannot do without as a society. And while some men are very good at these things, and that's great, women are uniquely biologically equipped to provide these assets to their loved ones. Modern feminism seeks to disrupt this strong and beautiful and equal dynamic between men and women and seeks to standardize more masculine traits in women and more feminine traits in men. Now, of course you'll see some men with more feminine traits and women with more masculine traits. That's fine. That's not a problem. It's when you seek to standardize this, that it becomes a problem and it becomes destructive in this beautiful dynamic between men and women in society. That's not to say that women can't do masculine things and men can't do feminine things. You know, I personally don't care what people do. I, I am really big on live and let live. For example, I am a hunter. That's considered a more masculine activity. I, however, don't want someone telling me that I must hunt and I cannot hold a traditional role in my home. And if I do, then I am giving into the patriarchy. Not that I care what people tell me to do at the end of the day. I tend to do whatever I want. However, I had to do a lot of growing to get where I am today. I haven't always been like that. Many people are not there yet. And these authoritarian movements, such as the feminist movement, are very harmful to our vulnerable members of society like our teenagers. I worry about them. I worry about the world my daughter is going to grow up in because of things like this. So, so what? What? Right, I've been ranting for I don't even know how long now. So what? Well, the so what here is feminism is a noble cause at its purest definition, and it's got humble roots, which I am so grateful for. Because, you know, if it weren't for the roots of feminism, I wouldn't be here talking to you today. By the original definition of feminism, the vast majority of the Western world is feminist. By the modern definition of feminism and the feminist movement and the feminist community, which has become so muddled and abstract, I don't even know what it really represents anymore, I am not a feminist. I denounce modern feminism and I have seen it do far more harm than good in our young women, in our teenagers, in our families, in our institutions. It breeds pride. It breeds a need for power. It breeds a taste for revenge and an addicting narrative of victim versus perpetrator that only stunts the growth of the supposed victim and harasses the supposed perpetrator. And it suppresses the voices of actual victims who need help. I am an advocate for strong women. I love seeing women chase their dreams and be ambitious and speak up. I love seeing women raise their children and pour their entire hearts into their home and families. I think women do important work in the world. Women are my primary audience, and I seek to help women find their strength in themselves and through God. I refuse to stand by quietly as harmful ideas disguised as noble causes seep into my community, and wreak havoc in the lives of all of these beautiful people with so much potential. That is why I kind of changed up my tone for this episode and spoke up in a way that I don't normally speak up. And now here is my coaching point for you. Question everything. Think for yourself. Follow your gut. Even question me. Do your research, challenge me, challenge what I've said here. I don't care. I want that for you and check in with yourself. Are you perpetuating a victim mindset in your life? If so, how is that affecting your mental health? How is that affecting your relationships? And if you liked this episode of my podcast, I highly recommend you follow it up with a previous episode of mine called You Are Not a Victim. I think that's what it's called. I don't know, which I will link that episode in the show notes as a nice little punctuation mark on this episode. It's a it's less of a societal critique and more of like a coaching conversation like I normally do on this podcast, but I'll link that for you. Just in case you want to go listen to that. So thanks for being here, guys. And I will talk to you in the next one. And I hope you have a beautiful day. Bye.